Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Welcome Christmas. to the chatter. That's the awesome. chatter. This is the chatter chatter. The we'll tell you chatter. more about that as we have <laughs> episode number 70 on the feast, the holy feast of Christmas. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, Remember O most gracious Virgin Mary, that, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We're recording this in the third week of Advent, but this will air Christmas, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day yeah. and Christmas Friday. Yeah. Is that what it's called, Christmas Friday? I think it is. Yep. All the days following Christmas are Christmas Monday, Christmas Tuesday. I think so. Christmas. I, I think, think so, so too. So um, people might have missed us last week, mm. right, because we didn't do a chatter for the last weekend. I didn't have so much energy in and around no, Monday. No, we, and that's fine. Everyone can use some extra good Christmas music at this time of year. Yes, and I have their names. People keep calling in and saying, who is that? Who are they? And they are the daughters, the five oldest daughters of Julie and Brad Miller over in Cascade, the grand nieces of Monsignor Jim Miller. Yes, that's right. One of the nicest priests of all times. Mm Mm-hmm. Is he a goat, the greatest of all time? Oh, I don't know. That's, I mean, I would think he would not want to be called that. <laughs> no, not he. <laughs> so they are Samantha, Olivia, Seraphia, Cecilia, and Mariana. Those... Do, do all the girls' names end in A? I, don't I mean, know I know who the, the ones uh, you just the, said. The young you... ones are. No, I know. So the There's boys, Clara. the boy, Clara, right. See, here's the problem. They send out these beautiful family Christmas cards, the mm-hmm. photo, many families do mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And they send those out. And Greg, the publisher of the Bellowing Ox, steals my Christmas card every year because he includes something in the Bellowing Ox about the singing Miller family. So, And I haven't gotten the Christmas card for 2022, I'm sure. It's an oversight, Julie. <laughs> I think you study that, don't you? At night, you study that, and you go, now, who is who? Let well, me get I have these to, names right. Uh, I have to do that. It's like when we have meetings, I have to write everybody's name down in a mm-hmm. seating chart. Otherwise, mm-hmm. my brain goes. Mm-hmm. Now, you're talking about Christmas cards with pictures. Do you like getting those Christmas picture Christmas cards? You know, I do. Mm-hmm. I do. I do, too. I'm not, I don't. Yeah, I don't dislike it. I don't like sending them. I was going to say, we never send, because really, who wants to look at us? And, you know, we don't have kids growing up. Some of these pictures, I go, wow, look at their kids are adults. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of having my portrait taken. I think I was scarred as a child. So in the 1960s, cameras were more bulky, and, and this is before the instant cameras and processing the polaroids Polaroids, this is this is early 1960s and my mother had this looked like a box Hmm. to take your picture and every mother's day and easter and and whatever the holiday was we had to go out to the front porch steps in the afternoon so that the sun was over mother's shoulder and we were in full and I swear, Mother, 
didn't know where the button was to push. <laughs> so it took a while? It took a lo- it took an interminable amount of time. <laughs> it would have been quicker for Matthew Brady to rise from the dead oh and take, take the photo. And I think ever since then, it was smile, Tom. Smi- I'm smiling. I'm smiling. I've been smiling for five minutes, Mother. <laughs> and, uh, and then having four younger brothers who probably were in and out of focus and frame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, the world is better off for not having many photos of me. Well, but she would not use that photo to send with Christmas cards, would she? Oh, not in 1962. Yeah, they no. didn't do that in the 60s or even the We were 70s. on a budget. We couldn't afford the postage. Well, that's true. We were going to send, well, we did put a little Facebook letter on a Christmas letter, but I looked at getting them printed and sending them out three pictures in color. Mm. It was going to be a dollar a page, so $2. Like, are you kidding? Forget it. So I wonder what these families spend on those photo Well, that was because it was printed in color at Copyworks. I think you can get those, you know, three by five pictures at Walgreens for 16 cents. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's why a lot of people just include a photo and it's not in the letter per se anymore. But I love getting those those pictures. And sometimes when I go and put stuff back in the attic, I'll come across an old box of, oh my gosh, these were from 1998. And then you really see the change in kids. I put most of them, I've got a room, as you know, the train chapel, mm-hmm. and I have a room uh, where I pray and play trains, and and uh, every little boy should have trains at mm-hmm. Christmas, mm-hmm. and I put these photo Christmas cards up there, and it's nice to see them over time that mm-hmm. uh, people change, come mm-hmm. and go. So do you have any other Christmas traditions besides hanging the picture cards? Oh... Well, uh, the Tom and Jerry's are a big favorite that come up. Yes. Which is better than eggnog as far as I'm concerned. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I don't know. Is Midnight Mass a tradition? Do you guys usually go Midnight Haven't Mass? Haven't done that or? in a while. Do they have Midnight Mass anywhere? I believe the University of Wisconsin-Platteville, the St. Augustine Parish, has one. I haven't heard anyone else yet, but I haven't looked. You know, a lot of people backed it up to 10 p.m., which, Okay. You know, I get the idea you make a sacrifice once a year, but for someone who's usually in bed by 8 p.m., mm-hmm. 10 p.m. is a sacrifice, much right. less midnight. Yeah. Oh, midnight mass was a great, great tradition. A lot of Go families on. would go to midnight mass and then come home and have a big breakfast. Sure. Which, as I think about it now, then that meant the adults were staying up even later to wrap gifts or put stuff under the tree from Santa or, uh, you know, assemble thing, toys. Well, if you were a kid and we did Midnight Mass as a kid, that was always the the gut punch, wasn't it? Because you'd come home and it's already now Christmas Mm -hmm. and there's nothing under the tree. Yeah. Well, well, now, now we had on Christmas Eve, we exchanged all of our gifts, your siblings, parents, et cetera. And then on Christmas morning, that was what Santa brought. Well, that's a big tradition when you ask about that. I guess I had forgotten about Santa coming at Christmas Eve at Grandma's mm-hmm. house with all the little ones. But, mm-hmm. boy, they're really spread out across the country now. They really are. It's not like it used to be where every all the cousins were in town and you'd go to Grandma's house. or The furthest know. one was Waterloo. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, <clears throat> I always knew because it was my brother and my sister and I. So um, Mom would buy my sister and I the same thing, but in different colors. So if my sister opened a robe and Mm. it was pink, I knew one of those boxes was a blue robe for me. 
Oh, and just you're, automatic. And, you're, and you you prefer pink or no? She rose? liked pink, she and liked I like blue. Yeah. Oh, there we go. So, um, yeah. So, kind of, it was a race to open it so that you would be surprised before she opened it and knew what you were getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, those Christmas is for children. It is that magical Christmas. I, I the one of the great memories I have as a child was mother coming back home on a on Christmas Eve. Uh, and for some reason, it seemed like it was a Saturday, but mother coming back home, driving the the old 57 Buick and pulling up curbside and unloading, and it started to snow. Oh, my goodness. And then it really started to snow. And mm-hmm. so it was a Christmas Eve snow, and mother was coming, and grandma was there, and food was cooking, and Santa was not far off. That's and, all magical, isn't it? And... Now we get an Amazon truck. I know. Well, that yeah. is true, and all comes from Amazon. Yeah. Well, a lot of it does, but yeah, those are a lot of good Christmas, Christmas memories. Did you have certain foods on Christmas? Well, I think you know Christmas Eve was always a uh, a deli, a snack. You know, some brown swagger and some. Hmm. Well, this will take you back the old time Dubuquers. What I would give a hundred dollars for Trinkles veal I loaf. I knew you were going to say Trinkles. Trinkles veal loaf, what, what I would do, uh, and the rest of their sausages. Someone has to have those recipes. There has to be a great-great-grandson of, was it Henry Trinkle? I can't remember his first name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What we could do. Yeah. Well, a lot, of, a lot of Christmas memories at this time of year. And, so. and something I haven't seen, and I asked someone the other evening at our KCRD party, Grandma Leona always had chicken in a biscuit. Do you remember those crackers? I love chicken in a biscuit. I haven't seen. Do they exist? Oh, they do. It's like crackers dipped in ranch dressing. I haven't seen those in thirty years. I haven't seen them. I don't know. They're in the they're in the grocery store. You know, being Irish, there's not a lot of food customs, and I think partly because for years it's mostly liquid. Well, okay, there's that. Um, but for years, you know, the Irish uh, were forbidden from practicing their faith. So a lot of Irish customs are real hush-hush, maybe mm. a candle in the window. But you were very quiet about the faith. Um, but my husband's Polish, and they are wide open about their oh, faith. Oh, right. And they had certain foods you have to eat on Christmas Eve. Um, and traditionally, Christmas Eve was meatless. Really? So you had mushroom soup, but no sausage. Um, and all these other foods that you had to have on Christmas Eve. And one of the greatest customs, I thought, was one called Opwatek. Yes, I've seen that advertised in some of the, it's a wafer bread of sorts. Yep, it's like kind of the idea, like a communion host. And how's it pronounced? I'm I'm struggling with it as I see it in print. Opwatek, I know, Opwatek, because nothing that in Polish is pronounced how it looks. Why use the alphabet? I have no idea. But it's called Opwatek, and the idea is it's kind of based on the idea of a host. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, they're not consecrated hosts, no. but they're more the size like um, of a playing card. They're about that yes. big, maybe a little bit bigger, and they typically are imprinted with a scene for Christmas, like the nativity or the star over the stable something. But the idea is that you go to one another of your family members and you have your opwatek in your hand and you say to your father, mother, your siblings, I'm sorry if I've offended you this year. Please forgive me. 
and then you both break off a piece of that bread and eat it. Oh, interesting. Isn't that awesome? Right. And I think the father of the family usually kind of instigates it, leads it, starts it off. But, I mean, how powerful for the father of the family, uh, you know, to say that to the the mother or the children, I'm sorry if I have offended you, please forgive me, and then you literally break bread. I'd probably need a loaf of (laughs) opata. Yeah. So anyway, that's a tradition that I thought was pretty cool that I'd never heard about until I got to learn uh, some Polish traditions. Have you heard the uh, traditions of Christmas that were running on the air? Yeah, those are What do you think of those? I like those. It attracted those down for years. Michael Conrad out of North Carolina is the voice, and he created those customs of Christmas, of which Mm -hmm. there are 50, and we're airing them. Mm -hmm. And it took me three years to track it down. Paul Hammer said, Tom, you've been asking about these kinds of things for years. Paul's always on the Outlook, well networked across the country. And he sends me Michael Conrad's YouTube channel. Oh, Michael Conrad. Uh, Customs of Christmas. and But I couldn't find Michael. Hmm. It took me three years. But So how'd you find him? Through Paul? I went, oh my goodness, I went online, I was on trying to find websites, I um, was annoying to probably six or eight Michael Conrads that weren't the right (laughs) Michael Conrad. Uh, Hey, would you talk to me for a while and see if I recognize your voice? Anyway, um, we finally made connection and he found, I, I was leaving voicemails and he he hears my voicemail, checks out our KCRD website, and says, are you the guy trying to get a hold of me? Wow, how about that? <laughs> so anyway, three years hence. Yeah. No, those are great. I like listening to those. You know, one of the things, speaking of um, kind of little, short little things like that, one of the things that we might want to consider doing, depending upon what the audience thinks, is, you know, the focus is on the Eucharist for the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe or for the last two thousand, right? Or for the yeah, one of the pillar pinnacle of the faith. But maybe we could find some something similar related to the Eucharist or Eucharistic miracles. Maybe we can I look. liked your idea. Were you just passing conversation the other day, getting some short stories and having uh, Chuck and and you know who else I think would be good at that is Liz. She would be good at it too. We have some nice. Readers. We have some great. Well, some of the voices you hear in the consecration uh, to Jesus by way of Mary, Mm -hmm. uh, St. Louis de Montfort. We just finished our second one on Mm -hmm. December 8th. Yes, yes. And we have another one coming up. I'll Mm -hmm. I'll talk in next week here Mm -hmm. because this is airing Christmas, so you're hearing this on Christmas Eve and Christmas Christmas Day, but New Year's Day, New Year's Eve Day, yes? Mm -hmm. That's right. The 31st. That's right. So this episode will be replayed on the 30th, and then the conce- the next consecration will start on December 31st, and it will culminate on the Feast of the Presentation, which is February 2nd. So people that are hearing this either on Saturday the 24th or Sunday Christmas the 25th or Friday the 30th all still have a chance to start the consecration on December 31st. We said last week, and we should say again, we have received several boxes. We have a few hundred mm-hmm. consecration books. These are nice books. They're very nice books. A blue leatherite 
cover. And if you'd like one, go to info at kcrd-fm.org. Mm-hmm. Subject line, Colleen, send to me the consecration book. Mm-hmm. But what a great way to bring in 2023 mm-hmm. as an act of consecration. Well, we get so many compliments on that. Uh, and it takes a while to run for a while, but we're going we're gonna to run them through the year because it's all about Jesus. Mary takes us. It's the Bethlehem story, it's Mary, the, Mary taking us to Jesus. It is. And, you know, the Christmas season, some folks say, goes through February 2nd. Just the Catholic folks. That would be 40 <laughs> days, 40 days of Christmas. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. For, sure it is. Sure mm-hmm. it is, 40 days. Yeah. So that would be nice for your Christmas season to consecrate yourself. Well, we're running up on the uh, break already. Do you believe it? We're going to come back, Colleen, talk about, uh, speaking of books, some of the books we're shipping out. Good. uh, We're going to talk about St. John the Baptist. Mm, Good. And uh, we're going to solicit some prayers for our technology and our servers. We might talk about the three days of darkness and some other items. Anyway... You're listening to the Chatter. This is our Christmas edition. It's the Cheddar Chatter edition because we were having some Christmas spirits, but not on an empty stomach. So we had some very aged. How did you like the 17 year old Cheddar? Oh my goodness, it was delicious. Wish you were here to enjoy it, but keep listening and you can do it. What do they call that? Secondhand cheese? Okay. <laughs> Uh, This is The Chatter on FM 98.3 KCRD. We'll be back after these announcements. back this is the chatter episode 70 we're recording during the holy feast season the holy season i guess mm-hmm. advent's not a feast nope it's a it's season a, it's a season of 2022 the year of our lord mm-hmm. and you're hearing this on christmas eve and christmas day and christmas friday mm-hmm. good stuff yeah so we were talking about consecration books and you were asking me about all the books out in the fulfillment center mm. Can you believe how many I people have been sending in donations for premium gifts? We've got 75 or 80 books that are going out to our very loyal listeners what, and supporters. Three, four, five boxes of books out there you're yeah, sending Yeah, well, I, I waited for you to get here today because we've got to get them into the truck. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I stamped I see. them. <laughs> I see. I'm just the uh, llama carrying them up the steps. <laughs> What'd you call it? We treat her like a rented mule. <laughs> yeah, we've got to get those out. And thank you all for the donations to your radio station. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't be here. And it's not just a radio station. It's a, a Catholic magazine. The mm-hmm. Bellowing Ox mm-hmm. is getting all kinds of reviews. Hopefully by the listing, it'll be in the... Where The post office is politely apologizing for not quite delivering well, it. Well, they've had it for over two weeks, right? Well, and we know they're busy. It is the busiest time. This is the busiest time of the year for the post office. So, but you know, you're right. We are more than a radio station, and we're even more than the Bellowing Ox. Sometimes KCRD feels like a hub. 
doesn't it? It, it kind of feels like a, a hub with um, all the Catholics who are serious about growing in holiness and battling vice in their life and, and worshiping the Lord just kind of tend to gravitate. I feel like you know, we're a hub. It's funny you mention that because um, the Earl of Duggan was talking about this the other day. He was. Yeah. And we started a short list, but just a short list. Okay. So Tim was saying, Tom, we're do- it's the radio, it's the magazine, but what about all the rosary rallies? This year, mm-hmm. 2022, we had a rosary, at least one in every month in some community. That's amazing. And then Tim went down his jail and prison ministry. Mm-hmm. And then don't forget the first Friday speakers that mm-hmm. have been coming into Plantville. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. Tim again talking about the healing services that mm-hmm. we've had, mm-hmm. the hospital ministry, the recovery ministry. So these are all mm-hmm. different shades of that jail and prison mm-hmm. ministry. Mm-hmm. We, we'd be remiss without remembering Mark Hager mm-hmm. and the adoration chapels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Um, Damali doing the uh, Mike Damali doing the the uh, housing. Mm. Hmm. He's the. Yep. That's not the right word. The housing, the apartments, yep. the yep. plain Catholic Charities yeah. housing, and and we can't forget two conferences. Well, the evangelization conferences, mm-hmm. and uh, well, the, uh, the uh, speaking of that, we've been asking what the next one is. It's Jerry, uh, not Jerry. Terry and Jesse, oh Terry and oh Jesse coming goodness. in March. People ask me about them all the time. Hey, can you bring those guys to? The They're table? coming finally. Terry and Jesse, 2023 in March at the Grand River Center. I want to say it's the 15th. Does that line up on the calendar, Colleen? Is that a March 15th is a Wednesday. That's the date. Yeah. And then, in your modesty, we uh, the the greatest the greatest ministry. The maternity homes. The maternity, oh yeah, the maternity home, um, and and two consecrations to Our Lady. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, it's just amazing when you, it, it's a good time of the year to look back. And I think that was part of our intention, considering the possibilities. By the way, 2023 mm-hmm. marks 10 years since you and I and a few others talked about the possibilities with Aquinas Communications, and we talked that perhaps we'd have conferences and speakers and Mm -hmm. maternity homes Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. rosary rallies and Mm -hmm. and all of that, and here 10 years later. 10 years later, here we are. Mm -hmm. We'll have to do something special for the 10th anniversary. Cheese. We'll do cheese. cheese. (laughs) We'll have to think about that. So anyway, that all started out on the pivot of of the books to at least 75 loyal listeners and donors and 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 that's not the donor base that's not the listening base it's it's hundreds thousands but that's just the latest mm-hmm. round you only have to take up 75 boxes <laughs> oh, 75 books oh that's one boxes. trip for yeah. me oh that's one trip yeah there we go but yeah what a year what a great 10-year run mm-hmm. as we come into 2020. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It's the, it's the listeners' radio station. I mean, we certainly could not have done it without the 
financial support, prayer support, attendance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a it's a great great community. So while we're talking about the listeners, let's solicit some prayers. Yeah. Um, we've had a few. Uh, inquiries and I know several of you have been patiently listening and the the radio signal has been intermittent in the last couple of months and I we got to come clean here Aquinas Communications and KCRD has have been under attack Mm -hmm. under cyber attack Mm -hmm. for weeks now months Mm -hmm. praise God that we've got a great engineering team working mm. with that yep. but satan doesn't like catholic radio for sure satan does not like catholic radio and our technology has been under attack we're devoting resources and financial resources to upgrading and trying to play defense mm-hmm. but we need to, we we what we're talking about here is more important than your donations, and your donations are ever so important, but your prayers, mm-hmm. your prayers of, of protection. Mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. That's true, and I think a lot of people know that some YouTube channels, Twitter, Facebook, whatever it might be, there's been a lot of censoring mm. going on. Yeah. Um, and not just of KCRD, but anyone that's out there that wants to proclaim some of God's truths whether it's about marriage or life or whatever it might be, there's a lot of censoring going on. And um, and it's a very real thing, and a lot of it is algorithms. So a lot of times you'll be listening to a YouTube speaker or podcast, and they don't come right out and say things like, men can't have babies or LGBT, all that stuff. Right. Because the algorithms pick up keywords, keywords, and so you'll often find they talk in a type of code. So I think Taylor Marshall, instead of saying the LGBTQ crowd, he'll say alphabet soup, mm-hmm. um, or someone might say the Jimmy Martin. Um, you know, so they try to kind of talk in code so that if you're aware of what's going on, you know what they're talking about, and yet they are under the radar when it comes to the algorithms picking them up Mm -hmm. and then censoring them but um maybe we were foolish but we've not ever talked in code no we've just uh, done a few consecrations to jesus by way of mary and and uh, de montfort saint louis yep yep so some of the algorithms i'm sure now have us on the radar and we've been under attack so continue to pray Mm -hmm. and and uh, prayers are vastly important the other thing i want to make mention is this christmas we sent the christmas cards out with mm-hmm. the saint anthony andrew. N- excuse me saint andrew mm-hmm. thank you mm-hmm. uh talking about alphabet soup i see saint and a and i just think it's it's uh, anthony no it's saint andrew and the super novena the 30-day mm-hmm. novena i have had a number of calls here in the studio where people are apologizing that they can't afford to make a donation, but is it all right if I say a prayer or a rosary for it? Can you believe that? Oh, I guess that would be okay. (laughs) I want everyone to know how much it is appreciated that you are praying for Aquinas Communications in all that we do with broadcasting and in print and in the evangelization 
conferences, the rosary rallies. Mm -hmm. Something tells me Mm -hmm. that the prayer is ever more efficacious than the money. Without a doubt. So don't apologize. That's right. And continue to call because I love getting those telephone calls. Yeah, without a doubt, your prayers are the most important, um, especially prayers to Our Lady, mm-hmm. because we all have, in a special way, consecrated ourselves to her and and the whole business of this Catholic apostolate. So she's she's bigger and better than any hacker. Yeah. Well, the the demons recoil at their. At, they won't say her name. That's right. They, they won't. They call her that woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. She crushes their head. So, um, so yeah, so we appreciate all the prayers. Do we have time to talk about St. John the Baptist? Sure we do. This, I don't know if it's a pet peeve or, or whatever, but recently here in Advent, was it the second week, third week, where the, the uh, passage goes, and it's in a couple of the Gospels. This year it's, it's Matthew. We're in cycle A. Mm-hmm. And... The passage goes that John's in in prison. Mm-hmm. He sends some of his disciples mm-hmm. to Jesus mm-hmm. with a question. John sent us, and he wants to know, are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? Okay, so let's just stop right there. Mm-hmm. That's, quite, that's quite a statement, isn't it? Mm-hmm. John sent us. He wants to know. Think about that. Right. Really? But the but the homily commentaries nearly universally from and I go on to a number of masses, YouTube's live live homilies, and nearly virtually everyone saying John the Baptist had doubts. Do you buy that? I I really don't. It it I can Two things mm-hmm. concern me here. Mm-hmm. One, I don't believe, and neither do the church fathers believe, that that was the case. Nope. But the near the, the pervasive comments mm-hmm. and homilies saying it's all right. John had had doubts. You mm-hmm. you can have doubts too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what's going on? Yeah. You know that's doing John the Baptist a great injustice. John was at. The baptism of the Lord, which was an epiphany when the heavens were ripped open. Yep. I think it says ripped open. Mm. And the voice comes out, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Now, John's in prison and had doubts? Mm. I don't think so. He, in another passage, proclaims, behold the Lamb of God. Mm -hmm. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Yep. Yep. John's yep. not doubting. Uh, yeah, I'm not worthy to unfasten his sandal straps, right? He must increase, I must decrease. John didn't have any doubts. But priest after priest, bishop after bishop is pro- promulgating this. If you go back to the church fathers, mm-hmm. and you were talking mm-hmm. about a couple of them, what, what did you find? Yeah, you know, I've got a book um, that Thomas Aquinas compiled, and... I'm going to butcher the Latin name of it, but it's something like Catena Aurea. Okay, that's wrong, but it's something like that. But in that series, Thomas Aquinas went back and looked at what all the church fathers said about all the gospel passages. And in this particular passage, one of the church fathers said the reason John did that 
was not because he had a doubt about Christ, but because he wanted his followers to be assured mm. that it was the Messiah. Right. So he didn't have doubts himself. And why is that important? Because John is on death row. Yep. Herod's got him in prison. Mm -hmm. He knows he's not getting out. Mm -hmm. He is essentially handing over the ministry of being the the voice in the desert, mm -hmm. proclaiming the coming of the Lord, mm -hmm. and sending his followers mm -hmm. to Christ yes. so that his followers have that information. Yes, he was being a good father, a good shepherd, making sure that uh, those that had followed him were pointed in the direction of Christ. And now you heard an interesting, I forget which church father you were saying. An yeah, I don't know take. this one. I've, I'm trying to get the footnote. But the other church fathers go down a similar path, but they say that John, knowing he's on death row and knowing that he's going to die before the Christ, mm -hmm. is is wanting to confirm that in time. That, mm -hmm. So he's sending his followers off there to say, Mm -hmm. We're going to do that. Mm -hmm. You're the one. Mm -hmm. Because he knows upon his death he's not going to heaven because Christ has not yet died yet. That's the right. gates of heaven are still closed mm -hmm. until Christ's mm -hmm. resurrection, mm -hmm. death, mm -hmm. passion, death, and resurrection, mm -hmm. at which time heaven will be open. Mm -hmm. And so where's John going to go in his death? But to the bosom of Abraham, mm -hmm. where all the uh, patriarchs, mm -hmm. the prophets, mm -hmm. all the fathers from Adam until John the right. Baptist are right. there and he will bring he will herald to all Abraham Isaac and Jacob that the Messiah has come to the prophets Isaiah uh, Zephaniah Daniel all Isaiah, that Isaiah who we hear about in Advent and coming and upon his death he's going to be there and say I've seen him. He's mm -hmm. here. He's mm -hmm. coming. Mm -hmm. And in a few short days, about a thousand days later. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's awesome that not only was John his precursor on earth. But in the bosom of Abraham. He was the precursor to those who were awaiting Christ to open the gates of heaven. That's an awesome interpretation. And why I think this is so important is because Catholicism has been watered down. It has been minimalized. Mm -hmm. It has been tried to fit into our normal, everyday routine mm -hmm. of, of busyness, of mm -hmm. doubt, mm -hmm. of, right. of lack of clarity, of, of, and we need to stop that. God the Father had a has has that that's the other thing is the 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 heresy of deism that says that God the Father created all of this and then he packed up and went away mm -hmm. and he's nowhere to be found no mm -hmm. that nothing can be further from the truth mm -hmm. he is it is what Jesus says in John's gospel my father is working and mm -hmm. I am still mm -hmm. working mm-hmm Mm -hmm. God did not leave. And by the way, what is the work of the Father but creation? Father is the creator, yep. He's still creating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We need to keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. And we need to have great... I, I, I would encourage all priests to go to the church fathers mm -hmm. and look for interpretations for all of these great 
Gospels That's right. every because, Sunday of the year. That's right, because they don't have to invent a homily. We don't have to speculate. We don't have to speculate. They don't have to invent. They can see what the church saint, sainted church fathers have said. And that would be beneficial to everyone that they speak to. Exactly. You're listening to The Chatter on FM 98.3 KCRD and on the KCRD mobile app, Coast to Coast. We'll be back with segment three of episode 70 right after this. Welcome back to the chatter in between. Um, were those grapes? You were those, were, those were smushed grapes. <laughs> smushed yeah. and poured in a glass. From our good friends over at Park Farm. Yeah. I wanted to look up that series that I mentioned by Thomas Aquinas because maybe some of our listeners might want to. Since we butchered. We butchered it. But uh, it's called Katina, and that's C-A-T-E-N-A. Katina, I think, is how it would be pronounced. Right, right. And the second word is aurea. Which is Latin for gold. Yes, that's right. And the symbol for gold is AU, right? Correct. On there the we chemistry are. Should have known that. So A-U-R-E-A is the second word. So Katina aurea. Which we think translates gold chain. Gold chain. St. Thomas Aquinas. Four volumes. I want this, but it. I need to get them one at a time. Yeah, just get them one at a time, because I think maybe Matthew might be two volumes, and then Mark is one. No, maybe they're all, it's four volumes, so maybe one per gospel. But just get whatever is going to be in year A. Is that Matthew? Mm -hmm. Are we going to read? Just get one, and then next year, get a second one. But it really is awesome commentary, and it's written by Thomas Aquinas, so you can't really go wrong. Right. But he goes um, back and and looks at what all the church fathers have said about that particular... Aquinas is in the 13th century, Mm -hmm, I think, mm -hmm. 1200s. So the only drawback is, well, there's been a lot of good stuff said after Thomas Aquinas, right? I mean, that would not include anything by Liguori or anything by Giambieni or Bellarmine. I mean, there's a lot that aren't in there. But these are the early church fathers, and it's awesome. And I want to shed a light on that because if you're listening to the end of segment two and we're talking about the homilies that are out here. Why is this so important? It's just not a personal peeve of me. Mm-hmm. But it goes back to what you and I grew up with, Colleen. Why did God make you? Mm-hmm. God made you to know him, to love him, and to serve him in this life and be with him forever Mm -hmm. in the next life. Mm -hmm. The church fathers are those who lived in the shadow of the apostles who were comrades. They broke bread with with God. Mm -hmm. This is is holy tradition. This is sacred tradition. Mm -hmm. These are the people who are smarter than me, and, and it's preserved in in the written the scholastic history right and aquinas in this uh, catina arroya talks about that 
we need not in the 21st century to go around speculating about what I feel Mm -hmm. the Scripture is saying to me. Mm -hmm. Let's go and find out what the church fathers are telling us what they think, Mm -hmm. not their feelings. Mm -hmm. Yay? Yay. All their names begin with saint. Yeah. No matter what priests we're listening to, the odds are their name does not begin with saint. But I did not know Vatican I, okay, Vatican I, mm-hmm. which was, what, 1870-ish? 1860, Civil okay. War era. Vatican I said that the unchanging rule of the church is that no one is to interpret the sacred scripture contrary to what the fathers have said. Read that again. Right here, the unchanging rule of the church is that no one is to interpret the sacred scripture contrary to the unanimous consent of the fathers. Maybe we should talk about the church fathers. So, I mean, they're, we're talking about Polycarp and Irenaeus, St. John mm-hmm. Chrysos- Chrysostom, mm-hmm. Augustine, mm-hmm. Ambrose. Mm-hmm. Any of them up to probably the 1200s. Yeah, anybody before Aquinas. Anybody before Aquinas, but um, you know that that's pretty powerful. So Vatican One, not Vatican Two, but Vatican One said you should not interpret sacred scripture contrary to what the fathers have said. Was there a spirit of Vatican One? <laughs> I don't, not that I've heard of. <laughs> uh, I uh, said that out loud, didn't you I? You did. You did. So anyway, so um, that's why Aquinas put that together, is, you know, there, we need to know what the church fathers have said. Run that title of the book across. Yep, so the series is called Catena, that's C-A-T-E-N-A, and the second word is Aurea, A-U-R-E-A, the Catena Aurea, and you can just Google it, you can find it on Amazon, um, but... Uh, but you want to might want to look into that and maybe just get one value. And now right here I'm on Amazon. It's $170 for all four. So hard, it's hardcover, good leather, stuff. Leather bound, right? So nice thing. But just get one. So one is going to be 50 bucks. Yeah, this is That's an heirloom. Doable. After you're done with it, it'll go to your children. Right. And I mean, and I happen to have this series. I bought it at Mundelein. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. So I have it. So every now and then I pull you it out to see. haven't told me that. Yeah, just to see what the church fathers say about a particular, and depending upon, of course, the the verse, you might have two full pages of various church fathers and what they have said about that verse. It's so, it's so satisfying, and edifying to read that. Um, and I and I think it arrests that that urge that all of us have, all of us Catholics, going to mass and hearing the scriptures trying to get an interpretation, and thinking that we are somehow empowered mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. well, what is the Holy Spirit saying to me? Mm-hmm. The, the church fathers have already told us this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The great sermons right. have already been written. Right. And gently, I'm talking not just to laity. Mm-hmm. Please, fathers, dig deep. Mm-hmm. Lead, your, lead your flocks. Mm-hmm. Be a father and a pastor. Be a father and a pastor and rely on the shoulders of the giants that have gone before us. Yeah, well that were closer said. to the time of Christ, extreme in holiness, they're saints. Give us that rich food from them. 
And I think part of what, that, not to beat this horse to death, but after when you walk out and talk about mass and you're, you're in socializing mm-hmm. after mass and people are going in there and, you know, well, that was really something, John the Baptist, and they talk about the guy. Yeah, and he didn't know what was going on. No, he did know what was going he on. He knew what was going on, right? He was sanctified in his mother's womb. That's another little interesting trivia piece. Did you know there's most saints in the church, their feast days celebrated on the day they die, right. right? That's their birthday into heaven, so to speak. But John the Baptist has two feast days on the calendar. Right. Mm-hmm. His, his birth. His birth. His birth on June 24th and his um, martyrdom, the beheading of John the Baptist. But the reason that they celebrate his birth is because the church fathers, again, to go back to them, they saw that at the visitation when, uh, when John the Baptist in Elizabeth's womb heard the voice of Mary and scripture says, uh, Elizabeth says, the child leapt in my womb. Right. The church fathers see that moment as St. John's sanctification moment. His, his, essentially his baptism yep. in, in Elizabeth's womb. Yep, yep. So um, he, he may have been conceived with original sin. Of course he was. But by the time he was born, the church sees him as being sanctified. And there's another. Th- this should not be Catholic trivia. Okay. This, this should not catch anybody off guard, Colleen, mm-hmm. when, when this discussion. But I've made this statement that you just talked about, John's sanctification mm-hmm. in Elizabeth's womb, mm-hmm. and gotten some very strange looks from Catholic men as they're discussing. The, they've never heard it. They're 50, 60, 70, 80 years old, and they've never heard that. Okay, well, kind of um, I understand that because sometimes you're a church and sometimes your mind wanders. And if you only hear a scripture once every couple years and you happen to be thinking about something else, you might miss it. But still, but still. Why did God make you? To know him, to love him, and to serve him. And learning about the Blessed Trinity Mm -hmm. is a lifelong task. It's not optional. It's not optional. And, you know, in a way, we're going to be held to a higher standard than people have gone before us. Why is that? Because we have absolutely no excuse for not finding these things out. None. We can all read, right? For hundreds of years, the vast majority of people are illiterate, Mm -hmm. but we can read. For thousands of years, people did not have libraries accessible, much less accessible in their pocket on a smartphone, (laughs) right? Well, and here's a gentle nudge. I'll say this as gently as I can. The the ignorance in and around John's sanctification in Elizabeth's womb pales in comparison if you have a conversation, and I'll just speak to the menfolk. Mm -hmm. When you can quote scripture and verse about the statistics of your quarterback, Mm -hmm. what their record is, what are the chances of them making the playoff, Mm -hmm. how many yards per carry does the running back get, Mm -hmm. when you can have that kind of firsthand knowledge, and not only that, but will be willing to argue with one another Mm -hmm. over who was the greatest of all time, Mm -hmm. and you are ignorant on the characters that we study and we hear in the four Gospels every Sunday at Mass, what's wrong with this picture? Mm-hmm. That's a good point. It's a good point. A lot of people proudly proclaim their 
team affiliation on sweatshirts and hats. And oh, they're obituary. Or they're obituary. He was a Packer fan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to be held to a really high standard. So, um, so. Nothing wrong with being a Packer fan, guys. No. All, all's good. Right. First comes the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. What else you got here now that I've riled up everybody in green and gold? <laughs> um, well, we kind of mentioned our, I don't know if we're going to talk about the three days of darkness or not. Well, we got, uh, we got five minutes. We have, a, we have a few minutes. What so, do you know about it? So the prophecies um, talk about three days of darkness. And by a lot of different prophets, approved and unapproved, um, a lot of different apparitions. A lot of there's a lot of history on this three days of darkness uh, that is supposedly happening before not the second coming. Well, before the second coming of Christ, but um, before like a great chastisement. Right. And so, if you think it's bad now, it's going to get worse. Oh my gosh! Kind of like the flood was for Noah, right? A big chastisement. So the three days of darkness. Um, different prophets and, you know, people with apparitions have talked about this before. And I've heard about it for over 20 years. Sure. And you keep thinking, oh, it's right around the corner. It's right around the corner, the way it talks. But I don't know that it's right around the corner. But it seems to have a resurgence these days. I'm seeing lots of videos on the three days of darkness. So let, let's talk about who's who's done this. Pad- Padre Pio, as yes. I understand yeah. is talked about this he did the three days of darkness and the idea of the three days of darkness is the sun will not shine no matter what and you will the electricity will not work the only light will come from blessed candles and even if you have the smallest blessed candle if you light it you will have light the whole three days right so that's one of the don't ideas. look out your windows i hear don't look out your windows cover your windows don't inside. answer the door if somebody says hi it's me it's colleen right it ain't you right kind of like at passover when the angel of death was sent through the land of um no, the that's Egyptians, an interesting analogy right and took the firstborn and the right. houses that got passed over had the sign of the blood on the lintel um so kind of that idea that god's wrath is going to sweep through and um, in three days of darkness, it'll happen all at the same time, all around the world. Um, but during those three days, evil abounds outside. Exactly. Screams. Right. Right. So Pio has talked about this. I think Catherine and Catherine Emmerich, mm-hmm. um, Louisa Picaretta, mm-hmm. I believe, many of these are approved yep the garabandal seers talked about the three days of darkness so a lot of people have talked about it for a while but it seems to have a little bit coming back now have you seen any of that well it's interesting you say that it it seems that you you have these god moments Mm -hmm. and you run into it and someone brings it up or you Mm -hmm. read it Mm -hmm. it's in a book that you haven't read for a while or it's Mm -hmm. in an email or Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I'm, where does it say in uh, Scripture when he says he's over here or he's over there? Yeah. You know, don't, don't pay attention. Don't but pay attention. There, there, it does seem to be of a higher frequency. Right now it seems back on the radar. And you had read last time about why God waited so long to send the Messiah, to send Christ, and um, you you quoted something out of the Catholic my Catholic faith book. 
which is an explanation of the catechism. I think this is one of the great books we've had. You got a copy, didn't you? I do, yeah. So we're here under the chapter, The Promise of the Redeemer, and the question, this is a question and answer format. Why did God wait thousands of years before sending the Redeemer? So this this is the time frame from Adam yes. until John the Baptist yes. that we're now talking the about. The first coming of Christ. The first coming of Christ. Mm-hmm. Why did God wait thousands of years before sending the Redeemer? And the answer is God wished men to realize the enormity of sin. Mm-hmm. So while Adam was begging mm-hmm. and the promise was given, mm-hmm you know, the the woman, the seed of the woman. God wished men to see how low they could sink without his help. He wanted the world to prepare for the Redeemer. And, you know, I think there is a modern day, this is a message of hope. Mm -hmm. I think there is a modern day application. I think the typology of the Redeemer in the Old Testament, beginning the New Testament with the birth of Christ here on Mm -hmm. Christmas, is the same thing here. When we're looking around in 2022, now on the eve of 2023, Colleen, Mm -hmm. and we're saying, how much more can we take? How low can the world go? And I think the analogy is made. God wants us to go through this time of trial and tribulation Mm -hmm. to see how, left to our own devices, how low man can sink in this this uh, time in our sin. Yep, and we have sunk pretty low. I think anybody can agree with that. We have sunk pretty low. I just don't know if we've hit bottom. Well, I still see a lot of people going out and proclaiming me, me, me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you know, if God waited to send the Redeemer the first time because he was waiting and wanting men to realize just how sinful they are. Um, Maybe that applies to the second time. And I think this is what you're driving at with the three days of darkness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the idea with the three days of darkness is during that time, you should stay inside, have your blessed candles lit, and pray the rosary, right, and pray the rosary. Um, because it is it is a hopeful message, and the message is, come back to me, right? Come back to me. With all your heart. With all your heart. So whether they come soon or not, we should always be ready to um, go through the three days of darkness. We should always be ready to face our Lord in case, in case we're called out of this world and we're standing in judgment before him. We should always be in a state of grace. We should always be frequently going to confession. We should always be ready with our lamps lit, um, like the three wise or the five wise virgin, virgins were in the parable. Um, so in a way, I don't know, I don't think it matters to me if the three days of darkness are around the corner. No. We always have to be it, ready. Yeah, if you're like the five virgins, you're ready in a state of grace. And if what they say is true, that there will be this um, recognition, you will see the state of your soul as it is before God. Okay, that's going to be painful, mm-hmm. but I want to know so I can correct it. Correct. Right? It's a great mercy to see that before your actual judgment, so you can change course. So this is a message of hope on yep. Christmas Day. Yep. Yep. Christ is coming as a babe, but he comes yep. back as the just judge. Mm-hmm. So, time to get ready. 
Merry Christmas to you all. Yes. It's been a pleasure doing 70 episodes of The Chatter, Colleen. Yes, and we'll be back in 2023. Let's close in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory, Glory be, be to, to the, the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, Spirit as it was, was in the beginning, beginning is, is now, and ever, ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas. We love you. See you next week.